You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim in Green Bay, and we're going to talk a little 53-man roster tonight, if that's good with you guys. Um, Let's waste no time and jump into it. But first, just want to give a shout-out to everybody in the chat. It is absolutely lit up. Texas Badger was in the house first. He called first dibs. Pretty cool. We got Eric Sutherland in the chat. We got Daniel in the chat. Uh, Mano, I think is how you say that. Uh, John Schmidt, Keyshead Murph. What up, Murph? What's up, guys? Appreciate y'all hopping on the stream tonight. We're just going to kind of talk 53-man roster. We're going to break it down. And um, I usually don't do this. And typically, guys, I don't really dive too deep into trying to figure out what the 53-man roster is. I'm more along the lines of once you get to that bottom half of the roster, I feel like the talent is so close, uh, you know, as far as evaluation goes, that it really doesn't matter to me. I'm more into the X's and O's, the strategic aspect, the salary cap, stuff like that. So typically this isn't my cup of tea, but seems like everybody's doing it. Thought, you know what, tomorrow's the final cuts. Let's jump into it, right? Um, first things first, we're going to go through each position real quick, okay? But I want to ask your initial thoughts, Jacob, Tim, Anything before we dive into all the details that kind of sticks out to you about uh, what might unfold on this roster or maybe maybe a player that you think might get cut um, that you think would be deserving of a roster spot? Go ahead, Jake. Well, I think that we have to acknowledge the fact that there's a definite, other than Jordan Love and maybe like Jones and you know the wide receivers, the guys that are staples that we know, no problem, they're going to make the team. We had another designation today, didn't we? Mr. Daniel Whelan. Yes. They're always after his lucky charms. It's uh, apparently it's uh he's the it's the first time that a nat- native born Irishman is gonna be playing in the NFL in 40 years, from what I'm told. So uh yeah. anytime kind of a fellow so, so Pat O'Donnell yeah. wasn't Irish enough, huh? Well, I was just gonna say they uh yeah, that was kind of an upgrade, I guess. Well, they basically I saw I saw a, a tweet, I don't remember who it was, forgive me. I think it was maybe Herman or uh Huber, one of those guys. They basically said the deal had to be done. If they're anywhere near the same talent level, one of them's eight years younger, one of them's a million and a half cheaper, one of them has, you know, just a little more upside of what they can do and control with his contract in 2024. So I this is one of these that I thought was a no-brainer for me, but we also have to take into fact that now we have a rookie kicker with a rookie holder with a first-time snapper. Cool. I'm excited about that. 
Get ready for the roller coaster, right? Get ready for the roller coaster. Yeah, that, that definitely stands out. Like you said, uh, 1.5 million saved. Um, you know, every little bit's going to help, right? And I will say this. I can't remember who put it together, but somebody put together a highlight reel of Daniel Whelan holding, and he looked fine. Looked fine to me. Tim, from a kicker's perspective, um, you know, seeing some of those holds, kind of how the preseason went about, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've seen this coming. I thought for sure Pat O'Donnell would be the uh, – he would be the holder and the punter this year. But what sticks out to you about Daniel Whelan? Obviously, he's got a big leg, Tim, but do you think he'll be any issues holding from what you've seen? I don't think so, no. Um, and I don't think we have massive issues with long snapper either. So um, I think that'll iron itself out. I'm not saying we're not going to see a learning curve there as those guys build some chemistry together, but I think we'll be fine. I think I guess the one one thing we might miss from – uh, Pat O'Donnell is is that accuracy with uh, short short distance punts. Um, Whelan's got a, a booming leg, um, but I don't know if he's got that that touch like a veteran punter uh, Pat O'Donnell had. So that might be something we'll see. You know, maybe a couple bouncing out or bouncing backwards instead of rolling forwards, kind of thing on those shorter punts. Um, but as far as holding, no, I don't. I don't think there'll be issues. It's it's all a timing thing, chemistry thing, and just going through your uh, through your motions, man. You know, those guys got to play together, and the more they do, the the better off they'll be. So I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I do too. Like I said, I seen that little highlight reel, and I was like, man, he looks he looks like the moment's not too big for him, right? And again, I uh, I was totally expecting Pat O'Donnell to be the punter. But uh, yeah, good stuff, man. And Mike and Mitch, or Mitch in the chat, I'm sorry, says I like Sap the third. I do too. And it's funny you mentioned that because the very final roster spot came down to a group of guys. This is how I did it. Well, first of all, go ahead, Jacob. What were you gonna say, man? No, it just stinks. He might steal my Benny Sap uh, Junior Thunder there. But uh, on a different note, <laughs> sorry. Uh, what was I just gonna say? Oh. Never mind. We can get to it in a little bit. I just wanted to comment on something that uh, somebody said in the chat, but we'll we'll get to it. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not still there. I got you, man. Good deal. All right. Well, this is how I did it, guys. <clears throat> I went through and basically broke down the roster and said, okay, he these are the picks that I think are slam dunks to make the roster, right? And that number came to 48. And then I did an additional four to get me to 52. Right. So it's kind of first tier, second tier. And then that final roster spot, I broke it down amongst one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different players. Okay. So let's just go position by position. Obviously, quarterback, Jordan Love, Sean Clifford, um, halfback. I've got them only keeping two. I've got them keeping Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And the reason being is because I kind of feel like um I feel like whichever one they like more whether it's Patrick Taylor or Emmanuel Wilson, I think that they're going to be available on the practice squad and they can be lifted from the practice squad at any point. I don't think anybody's going to go out and sign one of those two running backs to their 53-man roster, which we've mentioned, you know, the rules state. Clearly that if you do sign someone, um, you know, if, if someone is released, right, you can't stash them on your practice squad before the Packers get first dibs on that. And if you sign them off the Packers practice squad, they've got to go on your active 53. So I think the Packers will just play it safe and go with two halfbacks. Uh, how do you feel about that, Jake? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And this is going to be kind of a, a weird mishmash here because I have what I kind of like how you said, I have my set guaranteed guys and then I have these tweeners and on offense, I have anywhere from 24 to 26 being kept. I'm leaning more towards the 24. And if I really had my choice, if I had my, if I'm good kunst and if I'm the one making the calls, I'd probably go a little bit lower. I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably go 23 and try to keep a max amount of players on defense because I'm just so, it was really easy for me to fill out my 53 when I took and broke down the position by position. Like you said, first to second string to third string. And then who are those, those last string guys. But I have to admit, man, it was way harder for me on defense. It was just so, so, so on the offensive side of the ball, I, I had to go Jones and Dylan, but I have a tweener little like 0.5 of Taylor. I think it's going to be Taylor over. And I, I don't want to, I hate to say that. Like, this is not me, what I would want to do. If it was me, I'd, I'd still keep Goodson, man. I just, I love the guy. I love Wilson. I know Goodson's dealing with some injury stuff. So he kind of, like you said, he can't make the club in the tub. I think Wilson is a prime candidate for special team or uh, special teams for practice squad and 
did we figure out is Patrick Taylor, is he still eligible? Elevated Shine, by the way, I love that you have Prison Mike as your uh, profile pick. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> it always cracks me up, man. Every time. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Patrick Taylor. I'm going to pull up, pull up Bill Huber's article um, just to confirm because he mentioned who he would have on the practice squad. I'm pretty sure Patrick Taylor is practice squad eligible. Uh, Tim, what do you think about what we just said as far as halfback? Do you disagree with that or do you think they're going with two? No, I, I I don't disagree. I I'm leaning with you guys. I'm leaning with two. Um, but I I my heart's with Jacob too on this one. You know, I'd like to see maybe three, but there's absolutely no way they're going to keep more than three. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, but I think it'll be Jones and Dylan. Um, especially with uh the way we're probably going to keep uh, Deguara in the mix in that kind of H back fullback kind of role. So I see him keeping two. Got it. Got it. All right, and yeah, I did the confirm on Bill Huber's article. I, I definitely trust Bill Huber. He's one of the best to do it. Um, he has Patrick Taylor and Emmanuel Wilson both on the practice squad, which gives me pretty good confidence. He knows what he's talking about, that Patrick Taylor is qu- uh, practice squad eligible. So there's right. that. Let's move on to – I've got DeGuara listed as a fullback simply because they got him listed on the depth chart as a fullback. Now, we know he's going to play a lot of wing. He's going to play a lot of off tight end. That's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of sifting. Um, so you can count him as a tight end or a fullback. I've got him listed as a fullback, but I'm going to group it in with the tight end for this, uh, this episode's sake. So I've got Josiah Deguara. I've got four total tight end, you know, slash fullback, whatever. I've got Josiah Deguara, Luke Musgrave, uh, Tucker Craft, and Allen. Those are my four tight ends that I would be keeping. Now, Bill Huber mentioned that he thinks they will have four tight ends, but the fourth tight end isn't on the roster yet. He thinks they're going to pick someone up. So, um, that is worth mentioning for sure. But Jacob, what do you think about tight end, man? How do you see that? Yeah, so I kind of try to factor that into my, like I said, it's a 24 to 26 man ratio there on on offense. So that being said, I had DeGuar listed as a fullback and I had him as the only fullback as we talked about. He's more like an H-back. Um, but I also had Musgrave, Craft, Allen, and then I had in quotation marks, possible fourth TBD. And we talked about, maybe we didn't talk about, uh, I should say, Ryan talked about a potential list of guys. Troy Magali, I'm a Badger fan. You know, obviously I'm, that one lit my, uh, lit my radar up because that'd be really cool. But then also the other one that was more logical was like a Dan Arnold, which I believe he just got released by Philadelphia this morning or last yesterday. So, and then there was two other ones where, um, they just seem like solid, nothing, you know, they're not going to be starters, not second string or even maybe third string, but they could be that third, fourth string that, and if they're really good on special teams, I could see that. Now, I, I don't know, because like you said, I don't know if you consider Deguara. Do you see any way that Pearson makes this team? Is he still injured? Um, I, I don't have the answer to that question. I had the roster pulled up earlier but I don't have it pulled up at the moment. So I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't kind of see him. The last I don't see him competing for the roster. I really don't. Yeah, me neither. The last time I got super jacked about a fullback was Danny Vitale. I, I love that guy. I, his I was unbelievable, man. His what? His measurables. Like, like he's just freak. Freak. Yeah. Uh, absolute workout freak, too. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just um, – I have to think that it's for sure. I, I I would like to think that they can mold Allen. I mean, what do we talk about the guy? Six eight. He's shown that he was the wasn't he tied for the first overall PFF grade on offense last week? Uh, I'm not sure. I know his run blocking was was outstanding. Fairly certain that he had tied for the number one. Uh, yeah, number one grade with Jadakus Bonds. I'm pretty sure, like at eighty something or another. But uh, anyways, that's just great to see. And I. I we are so young. Did you guys get the text I sent you? You didn't get my uh, my meme I sent you? It was right before we went live. So, I don't know. Maybe oh, I it. I pull it up. It's, it made me – I was trying to drink some coffee a little bit. <laughs> Man, I wish, <laughs> wish I could share that on the screen. Actually, I'm going to try to do that. Tim, what do you think about the tight end room, Buck? I think Tim, uh, I think oh, he just Tim, got Tim done out. quit on us, man. Quit. Tim said, I am done. I'm out of here. Tim's cat. Let's let's move on to uh to wide receiver. Tim said tight end isn't even important. I'll be back when you talk about the good stuff. Um, so wide receiver, there he is. There's my man. Let's see if we can get him in here. Tim, can you hear us, Bub? Yeah, sorry. That's okay, man. No, we appreciate you making it work, Bub. Um, tight end. Anything stand out to you about what we were just talking about? Um, you know, 
how many do you think they'll keep? I know I have four, um, and my four were DeGuara, Musgrave, Kraft, and Allen. Do you see that any different? That that was my three with DeGuara as a fullback. I was kind of like looking at it like Jacob. Um, so so I have like a line under tight end with no name on it, and then <laughs> we'll see. Because you know that's true. There could be another addition. We we don't know yet. So, but uh, I I think it's probably four. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. So I've got on um, th- again. This is the initial step. Okay, so I've got six wide receivers as it sits right now. Of course, that final roster spot will kind of dictate how many more I keep. I got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, uh, Samori Torre, and Malik Heath are my six initial. And like I said, uh, later on on the final spot, there's a shot at Grant DuBose making the roster. We'll talk about it when we get there. But, Jacob, how do you see the wide receiver room? How many of them are they keeping up? Nah, man, that's that's pretty much it. Um, I think that's kind of a lock. The only thing that I would maybe think would be a shock would be they keep five and they cut Torrey. Or they maybe I, – I, I haven't seen enough of Dontavian Wicks, but I've seen – enough in that time where it's like, I don't feel like I want to let that dude hit the free, you know, practice squad eligibility. What am I trying to say? Eligibility. Eligibility. Thank you. Uh, Here I come. (laughs) (laughs) So here, hold up here. I get this picture. This is the one that Jacob sent us right here, guys. Let me get this comment off the screen real quick. (laughs) So Green Bay Packers, Leo DiCaprio out of my life for 25 or over. (laughs) That was well, you're such, right you're such a that, pig, you know. Jake. Such a pig, man. Sorry, I'm man. Uh, so yeah, I again just to go back. I I have Grant Debose as again. I went a six slash seven. So depending on whether or not we keep the two or the three, depending on if we keep ten O linemen or nine, you know, I have some room for twerking in there. Twerking. That did not. That's not what I meant. You meant oh. tweaking. Tweaking. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Sound bites are gonna really start biting me in the butt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I, it's, I, your, it's your fault. Don't, don't even look at me. Yeah, I know. I sent him a link to a really great thing. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> All right. So wide receiver Tim. We were just talking about it. I've got him keeping six. How do you see the wide receiver room? I've got Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Wicks, Torre, and Malik Heath. I'm with you. I think uh, the only quote-unquote question mark might be Torre, like we alluded to already. Um, however, I do think that we've got a lot invested into him and I don't just mean like, I'm not talking the financials. I'm just saying the development side, uh, since he's been here and, you know, we, Rich Bisaccia did not turn away from Amari Rogers very easily, um, while he was here. And I don't see them. I think this is a similar situation. I don't think they're going to give up on Toure. Um, I think he has some value in the return game. Um, although I like him a little less on punts and a little more on kick returning. Uh, And then as far as a receiver, that's still a question mark. I feel like he can be an explosive play waiting to happen sometimes. But other than that, I don't down in, down out. I don't know if he's that guy. But uh, I do think if they go six, he would be one of the six. And then, you know, like you said, Grant DeBose, um, even Jada Kiss Bonds is a name that pops in there that could maybe be a, a guy that we try to stash. Uh, but I see him going going six. If they kept if they kept seven, I would be shocked. And if they kept five, I would be shocked at this point. I think we might be right on the money with six uh, receivers. Got it. Ben Doe in the chat says that the Packers that don't make the 53, are they still on the practice squad or something? So it, it sounds like Ben doesn't understand the practice squad, you know, the whole practice squad, squad situation. So let's take a second. There's probably other listeners that don't know either. Basically what happens is – when you cut down to your 53-man roster, all of those players have to clear waivers now for I think it's 24 or 48 hours, and then the Packers can sign them to their practice squad. By signing them to their practice squad, you have a 16-player limit, okay? And obviously lo- those players will be available to practice with your team week in and week out, and they can be elevated uh, up to three times in a single season. At any point, another team can sign those players off the practice squad, but they have to go on their active 53. They can't just sign them and put them on their practice squad. So it has to be kind of that promotional uh, type thing. So uh, just so you know there, Ben, that's that's kind of how that works. There's a, there's a few more details to it, I'm sure, but that's pretty much the gist of it. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I'm just wondering after you said that, because, I mean, I, I it's good to hear those, I guess, definitions of those types of things, because as a 
really, I would say, avid football fan. I don't really know the specifics when you really stop and think about it. Like, what does the practice squad mean? How many people can be on it? What does it mean? Because I know they tweaked it after the COVID years as well. That you could have more people on it. So I guess it's just it's interesting to think about that. So that got me thinking, do you see any player that we would snag from another squad that gets released? And what would we replace them? Who would we, would, would we replace them with? I don't know. It better be a safety, though. That's <laughs> so what I was going to say is <laughs> that make the safety depth a little bit better or, I guess, harder. I, we, we're going to get into that, I guess, but it's it's – I looked I'll at this. Arguably, our best safety on the roster came after cutdowns last year. You know, remember we had Abernathy. Abernathy was like my camp darling. I was so excited yeah. about him, right? Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, he makes the 53 man roster. Everybody celebrates over it. And then all of a sudden, Rudy Ford becomes available. They sign Rudy Ford, they cut Abernathy, right? So that's one of those roster casualties, roster cut casualties there. As far as that goes, Eric Sutherland in the chat says, I'll miss William Henderson for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. I got a chance to meet William Henderson and uh and and get an autograph and and everything and he was just he was actually there i believe the same night that i met reggie watts uh widow and their son one of their one of their kids and their daughter wasn't there she sang the national anthem at the game the next day but uh, william henderson is just he's everything that represents the green bay packers just a, an awesome guy and the success he had as a fullback man was uh was unbelievable and we got a jokester here in the chat john schmidt says uh Bring back Brandon Bostic. <laughs> oh, boy. We're, we're good. We're good, buddy. We're good. I like Bostic. I think he's a good Twitter follow. I think he's a good guy. I don't want him back on the team. Okay, so just keep, <laughs> it keep it moving. Uh-oh, Buffalo cut Sternberger. Well, I thought that the Green Bay Packers screwed that up, guys. Isn't yeah. that what everybody was saying? How dare they cut him because he got a DUI? And, yeah, of course, he, you know, uh, he went out to the USFL and he absolutely shined and, and, you know, now he's going to be a star in Buffalo and all of a sudden Buffalo cuts him. I think there's some people out there. that has got some receipts, right? So mm-hmm. there you go. And Eric Sutherland is just curious, Jacob, are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> your casual fan. There's no twerking in football. I can hear Tom Hanks saying, there's no twerking in football. So twerk. <laughs> oh, I think we got a hater down there. Mark. Look at that. What Mark say? Come on, Mark. Okay, let's check it out here. Let's give him a little bit of a little bit of attention. He says they're not drunk. They just never know any facts. They yes, always say, "I'm not sure." That's why they have only four likes. Really, four likes. That's interesting. He can't even, he can't even uh, enunciate there the right way. That's not let's the right. Just, way. Since since you're not enjoying the stream, Mark, let's just do this. Uh, see you later, buddy. Have a nice Fresh. day. Roadhouse. All right, so Mark is gone, and let's move along here. <laughs> let's see what else we got. All right, up next, offensive line, okay? The initial cut down that I did, um, I've got them keeping eight on the initial, okay? So there, there could be another one later. Um, I've got David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, Yash Nyman, and then uh, – Sean Ryan, those are the eight that I initially kept. I feel like they're completely safe on the roster. You notice you didn't hear Royce Newman's name. Um, he yeah. may pop back up here in a minute, but initially I've got eight. How do you see the offensive line room, Jacob? Yeah, I got 10, but that's one of those, again, where I could go. Paul made fun of me because I said on our on my podcast that I'd be com- – like if gun to my head, if for some reason we wanted to do some weird mandangling to get somebody on that roster – I'd be fine going to a game with eight, depending on who the eight were, because we have such swing capability type. You know, we have swing tackles. We have guys that can play center guard and tackle. We have guys that can do all that stuff. But in my heart of hearts, I think we're keeping 10. Bach, Jenkins, Myers, JRJ, Tom, Walker, Yosh, Caleb Jones, Ryan. And my surprise here is Empey over Royce. Is who? Empey. Back up center. All right. Okay. Just I'm it up. I feel like that's a very Packers move that maybe we wouldn't expect. They're not going to admit think- they have faith in, in Myers, so maybe they would admit the fact that they're going to keep Empey on the team because they don't want to take Tom and put him at center. They don't want to take Jenkins and put him at center. They want to have an actual backup if Myers really does, you know, what the bed. <laughs> right. Tim, how do you see the offensive line room, buddy? I'm with you guys. I think it's somewhere the truth lies in the middle between eight and 10, probably I, I would guesstimate. Uh, that's a great point though, about uh, Empey, you know, having someone who can pop in there and, and be a true center. Um, even if we didn't necessarily have um, quote unquote issues 
Uh, and really the only issues we're having at center is the snaps, right? I mean, it's, it's basically at snaps and communication, but you know, it's not like that's not vital or anything, but it, it's still good to have uh, an option because yeah, you're right. I don't, I'd prefer not to see Zach Tom at center. I I'd prefer his services rendered elsewhere on that line. So, uh, but no, I think it's probably going to be eight. I'm not going to make predictions on the specifics, but you know, again, if they kept more than eight, it wouldn't shock me. If they, if they kept less than eight, that would shock me for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. Cornelius said, uh, I want to see Caleb Jones kept in shop. Nyman. I've been hearing that a lot here lately. Uh, I think there was another one down here. Uh, someone else, uh, Daniel in the chat said trade Royce. Um, of course, uh, like, uh, Skion mentioned line room is strong. Uh, let's see here. Does Royce Newman make the team is what John asked. Um, I'll go ahead and give you a little spoiler. He didn't make mine. As we get ready to wrap up, I'm, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna make a, a final <laughs> roster spot, and I'm gonna, he's gonna be in that group. But I don't, I don't see him making the roster now. Could he? Yeah. It, and again, this is kind of how I would build the roster. It's not necessarily I'm trying to predict what Goody will do. This is simply my opinion. Here's how I would build the roster. But Jacob, uh, you, you think Royce makes a roster? I don't. But it's more along the lines of that's my opinion that's my kind of that that elevated shine that was hilarious to me mark was on the bubble and didn't make the cut maybe next <laughs> <year>. <laughs> and then packer up said roadhouse uh, going back to, to, to royce i i do think in my opinion he's not going to make the team but if i'm good kunst and i see a guy that was really good his rookie season for being a rookie and who took a step back and then who's just seemingly taking steps back but if you guys looked at him, his still his passing block, his passing blocking grade was like mid eighties. Do you cut a guy that can pass block for with mid eighties success in a, in a league that's predominantly dominated by the passing game? I don't know. Um, he's made a couple boneheaded plays. I think he had a couple penalties too. This so he's not helping himself at all. But if anything, if he makes the team, I think it's one of those like you plug your nose and say, "Okay, you're on the team, bud." But. I, <laughs> I don't have a very much hope in him. I, I would rather see a guy like MP, which is saying a lot because he's just a random dude, but he seems serviceable. Eric Sutherland's always got a comment that I want to share with the group, but I'm not allowed to. All right. So before we move on to defense, I want to give a shout out to our new YouTube members. We got Tom Spalding. We got True Bruce, Steve, Doug, and Carly Ray. Appreciate the support and congratulations on joining the PTA Posse. You're now in entered into the contest to win the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey, just like the one right here over my shoulder. So uh, welcome to the team, guys. Appreciate you. And look at here, what do we got here, guys? We say uh, Daniel says 65 percent. Aaron needs a guard. He said 65. 65. 65. Don't set him up. <laughs> All right. Defensive side of the ball. Five defensive linemen initially. I've got Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae White, Kobe Wooden, and Carl Brooks. Notice you didn't hear Jonathan Ford's name. Okay. He's going to be on the bubble with that last pick. We'll talk about it here in a minute. How do you see the uh, defensive line room, Jacob? And obviously, we're talking about interior defensive line, you know, not the edge, edge room yet. I've got it broken down as edge um, instead of, you know, defensive end. Uh, yeah, I have the exact same thing, and there really isn't any question for me that those are the five, other than the fact that Jonathan Ford, um, like you talked about, I've got a couple things at the bottom of my notes as well where I could see two or three positional players where it's it's just swapped, and I know you know we're, we know it's going to happen. We just don't know exactly where. Obviously, today just from the Wheeland thing, we can we can see that they're. I don't know what the percentage of the the Packers pundits and the analysts and all that that. But I'm pretty sure like 80% of them were like, Pat O'Donnell's in the bag. Don't worry about it. A million and a half isn't really that much of a money maker. You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. I I, I do think uh, Dolan Delano was saying that Jonathan Ford hasn't shown a ton. He was honestly a surprise for me on the last year's 53-2. I will say that he hasn't shown me what I would want to see, but we might just need to keep him out of the fact that do we have a true nose tackle other than maybe Slayton, you know? So yeah. That would be maybe he only makes the team out of necessity, but I have I'll admit that I thought that I saw more out of him this preseason than I've seen out of all of his previous career. But yeah, Larry in the chat said, and just to backtrack a little bit here, I doubt Royce makes the 53. Can he be signed to the practice squad if he clears waivers? What's the chances another team picks him up? Just going by um, uh, Bill Huber's uh, article here, 
Um, he's He does not have him on the 53, and he doesn't have him on the practice squad either. So I'm trying to see if he mentions him later on down in the article here, and he doesn't. So I'm not sure if he was just seeing it as a, a cut outright or maybe Royce can't be added to the practice squad. Again, I don't know all the details, all the rules uh, when it comes to that, Larry. But, yeah, it's it's a great question, though. I, I don't know if he carries value with any other team. I mean, just from what he's put on tape, he his, you know, two years ago he played he played pretty decent. Last year he absolutely crapped the bed. And then, obviously, this whole preseason has just been really, really bad. I've actually got – I think I got his PFF grade. Yeah, 61.2 as an offensive lineman, his offensive grade. And then his special teams grade is a 52.4, even worse. So it's going to be hard to justify keeping him, in my opinion. Um, all right. Uh, Tim, defensive line room, buddy. Like I said, I've got keep. I'm, I've got myself keeping five uh, initially: Clark, Slayton, Wyatt, Wooden, Brooks. The the big one there is like J- Jacob was talking about, Jonathan Ford, who plays backup nose tackle if something happens to T.J. Slayton. I think the quick answer is uh, Devontae Wyatt or um, Kenny Clark could could play that in a pinch. It's not ideal. You want those guys at defensive end in that in that uh that 34 base but how do you see the defensive line room do you see anything any different there no i really don't i think it's going to be five and i think those are the five we all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing but they also can be amazingly distracting especially when we're around other people so u.s cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five that's right a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I mean, Carl Brooks is just, I mean, and Colby Wooden too, man. Those guys have earned it. Um, I think you hit it on the nose, man. And speaking of the nose, yeah, that's a, a great point. You know, who who's going to play there in a pinch? I think we've got versatility uh, and wiggle room. Um so I think I think it's going to be five on the D line. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Let's move on to the edge room. And, and Jacob had to step away for a second, I believe. Jacob, but you're not you're not still there with your mic, right? I don't believe so. Okay, he'll be back in a second, I'm sure. Oh um, man, did the cat get him? I was going to say he got the cat attack. You ever seen that movie Scary Movie Two? You ever seen that, Tim? Yeah. Oh yeah, remember the cat just boxing her jaws, dude? That's that's Jacob back there right now. The cat's doing <laughs> what he wants. Um, God, I'll tell you, I laughed so hard at that clip last night, man. I laughed so freaking hard. Uh, all right. Edge there he room. is. He's alive. Hey, we, we were worried the cat got a hold of you, Jacob. We're going to move on to Edge Room here. I was hoping we could get by it real quick without you being uh, being a part of the Brenton Cox Jr. conversation here, but we, we, we didn't make it happen. So, Edge, initially, I've got them only keeping four initially, okay? I've got Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and Igbari, and Van Ness are the four that I feel like are absolute locks for the roster. Who do you feel like are absolute locks for the roster at the edge edge position, Jake? Yeah, so I um I got us keeping a solid six. I'm going Gary, Preston, Kingsley. I don't understand why they like Hollins, but I I just have to I just have to assume that they do because they're just showing like they really do like the guy. He's getting first round snaps and that. Obviously, if that S and then Brenton Cox Jr., he's going <laughs> to. All right. Tim, Lose. what do you think about the edge room, Bob? I got five, uh, and it's your four with Brenton Cox Jr. as well. So, uh, 
Attaboy, I don't Ted. think we can go wrong. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having a little contingency plan um, with Rashawn coming off the, the big injury. Obviously, we're, we know he's ready to go. And, and, you know, this guy's not slacking on his rehab. And, you know, if anyone's going to heal up right from this, it's going to be him. But, you know, still, it's important. Um, and obviously, you know, he's in a, in a contract year, correct? Rashawn, uh, yeah. Rashawn Gary? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Looking dude, for yeah. an extension here, so you know, there's a lot of a lot of variables here. So I think maybe keeping five is not a bad look. Yeah, LSU yeah, trying, trying to get us trying to get us canceled here. That's what's oh, going I know. On. Yeah, Sean, I, believe me, I want to hit the, the that's what she said, but I cannot read that comment on here. And I want to say thanks to Ben Doe in the chat um, for the uh, the super chat. We appreciate it, buddy. And yeah, any anytime you got a question, man, you fire away. We'll answer it. If we don't have the answer, or we don't feel confident in the answer. We'll get the answer for you, but we appreciate you uh, contributing to the show, man. Definitely. All right. So that's the edge room. Let's move on to linebacker. I've got them uh, slam dunk, stone cold lock, four on the roster. Devondre Campbell, if he's healthy, right? I know you guys probably heard there's a, it's a little bit iffy now, according to what he said earlier today, that, that you know, he wasn't, you know, 100% sure to be ready for week one. Hopefully that's not the case. But I've got Devondre Campbell, uh, Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie, and Eric Wilson. Jacob, how do you see the linebacker room, bud? Yeah, that's uh, I think that's probably the most, other than like running, well, I shouldn't even say that. I think middle linebacker, inside linebacker is probably the most safe. You got four. That's all you need. I mean, people would argue maybe that Tariq Carpenter or, oh, God, I, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that that four is a solid four. You've got your, obviously, your two studs there with uh, Quay and, and Devondre, and then you've got your two solid backups two of them, which are, are really great special teamers. I just don't see a need for it right now. If there's an injury, then obviously we're going to have to reevaluate, but. Yeah. Got it. Tim, <laughs> how you see linebacker book? Yeah, I'm with you guys there. Uh, same thing for, however, we're going to know at uh, three o'clock central tomorrow, uh, what, what the real deal is and how they feel about what's going on with Devondre Campbell, because if they That's do keep point. five, you know, if they do keep five and they, and we, we do see, uh, you know, Terry Carpenter thrown in there as well. You know, this has been a project, right? They moved him, they moved him down there and, uh, he spent a lot of, you know, the bulk of training camp, you know, as a linebacker learning, learning how to play there. So, um, but then again, he's a guy they can stash as well, but also a guy who brings special teams value, uh, as well. So I don't know, I think it's going to be four, but five would not, would not surprise me. Okay, good deal. All right, moving on. Cornerback, slam dunk, stone cold locks. I've got five corners. Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, uh, Carrington Valentine, and Corey Valentine. I think Corey did enough in that last preseason game to uh, solidify a spot, me personally. And, again, that's uh, that's the initial look at it. We're going to wrap back around uh, here in a minute on that. But how do you see the cornerback room, Jacob? So I differ. And, by the way, I don't know what's up with the chat today, but I'm just losing my mind reading these comments because you guys are freaking funny today. I'm just saying <laughs> I can't help it, but uh, I've got the same four: Alexander Douglas, Nixon, Cor uh, Valentine Carrington. But I also, so I have a mix between the fourth and I guess what you'd call the fifth um, cornerback. I have it between Corey Valentine, but deep down, I really think that Ennis Gaines takes that role because of the fact that Ennis Gaines can be a multi-threat. He could be possibly a corner and we've seen that he can play in a pinch some safety. So if they really wanted to save another spot on safety slash that last fifth-round spot at cornerback, I think that that'd just be a really, really great kind of tweener guy, almost like yeah. a carpenter, but with a little more experience and more, um, you know, he's shown us that he can play. There's been a few times, I remember last year, I was like, man, Ennis Gaines is going to make this team. And every time he kind of had some snaps and some playing time, I was like, Ennis Gaines looked like he can play football. So – I don't know. Yeah. He was battling a little bit of injury in the beginning of camp, and maybe now he's starting to turn on. So that's one I'd keep my eye out for. Got it. Tim, what do you think, buddy? Cornerbacks. I'm with that. I mean, we're assuming Stokes is on pup, right? Yeah. With, that's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So uh, then, yeah, Josuel, Keyshawn, Valentine. And then I, I'm probably leaning more towards uh, Clayton. I'm with uh, Corey Valentine as the, uh, as the fifth. Okay. Cool. All right, and uh, 
Dolan in the chat said they may keep Tariq, uh, Tariq Carpenter strictly for special teams, though I would disagree with this. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that because he's uh, kind of battling for my last roster spot here in a second. And looking at his grades, man, if they keep Tariq Carpenter on this roster, I don't know. I mean, you watch the tape. It's horrendous. You look at the PFF grades. It's horrendous. It's going to be an ego thing if they keep him that they just don't want to give up on a guy that was a draft pick just a couple years ago. So his PFF grade defensive grade was a 36.7 in the preseason. And it was a 47.2 for special teams. Like, I mean, in the freaking basement, although you sure about that, I was getting ready to say, you know, <laughs> although Savage, you know, last year had kind of the worst grade of all the safeties in the entire league. So you no, just, uh, well, yeah. you Other sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, so, other than the other safety that we just that we signed, that was the second worst safety in the league, wasn't that Tarverius Moore or Ford? I can't remember which one it was. It, it was actually uh, Jonathan Owens, which oh, we Owens. signed in the free agencies. <laughs> and while we're talking about hanging up a roster spot on a guy who contributes with special teams, I mean, isn't Dallin Levitt that guy already? Like, so. We already got a guy taking a spot that's probably not going to play much um, in the line of defense, mostly special teams. Can we afford to keep another guy with the same idea in mind? Yeah. Well, let's jump right into the safety room. Let's get into it. I've got them initially keeping five, okay? And it's Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Jonathan Owens, Dallin Levitt, and Anthony Johnson Jr. Um, And, again, we're going to wrap back around. There's going to be a – uh, a spot there to battle for with the, as the 53rd player on the roster. Jacob, how do you see the safety room, man? Um, like I said, I, I've got them keeping five right now initially to get me to 48, but how do you see it? I'll be completely honest. This is the, the positional room that I really don't understand. Can't <laughs> give you any sort of actual, like I'm just, I'm BSing right now. I have no idea. I know that Savage, because we're paying him, what is it like $8 million? I think that basically yeah, he's seven, a, yeah, a little, little less than eight. He's got a gun to the Packers organization's head. He's got to play. The guy's a first round draft pick. He's got to play. I think that Rudy Ford is our solidified number two right now. I am surprised. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Johnson Jr. starts getting some snaps at some point late in the year. I think that either Owens or Levitt, and I want him to leave it. I want him to leave. Love it. I know it's love it. I just was trying to be cute, but I, I just, I don't like Tim said, I don't get it. I don't get what his purpose is. I even watch his games and I really don't think that he flashes. I mean, like, I don't see anything that's, I think he's the he, coach's son, man. Come on. You know that story. He's Versace's guy, but it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things where, so I had four, five slash six, again, depending on what the other positions may be dictated, but I had Savage Ford, AJJ, Jonathan Owens slash Levitt, but then I had Benny Sapp Jr. as a possible dark horse to make this team, and I really, really hope that I'm the only one that picks Benny Sapp Jr. to be on this team. Clayton, you just kind of rolled your eyes. Do you have him on your mm, Let's see. We'll see how it goes. Um, the angry casual fan, let's bounce back to corner real quick. He said, what about uh, John Charles? Is he any good? Um, That's another according one. to PFF, this pre- <laughs> according to PFF, his preseason – this preseason, his defensive grade was a 38.7, and his special teams grade was a 58.8. So that's going to be a no from me, dog. Okay. Um, so, yeah. All right. Let's move on to now. Obviously, we got kicker, Anders Carlson. By the way, I'm hearing more and more people say Anders Carlson as opposed to Anders Carlson now. So I need to know, Jacob, what is your, what is your final answer? How do you pronounce Carlson's first name? Well, I'm trying not to get us demonetized again, but it's a, it's a very pronounced on Anders. It's Anders. Thank Have you, you for clean talk to? He's got a. He's got, yeah, I tried. He's got a weird accent where it's like he must be like. Does anybody know? Are they like Switzerland or Swedish? Because you can tell that there's like a little bit of a trace accent still there. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> I'm serious. Why don't we uh, just get this guy on and just ask him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, right. You're right. <laughs> All right. So obviously the punter is going to be Daniel Whelan, and then we've got the long snapper Orzik. Okay. So 
throwing Eric Stokes on the pup. That puts my roster at 48. All right, so just a recap. Two quarterbacks, two halfbacks, one fullback, three tight ends, six wide receivers, eight offensive linemen, five defensive linemen, four edge, four linebackers, five corners, five safeties, one kicker, one punter, one long snapper. So in the second wave of players, I looked at it and said, okay, we've only got eight offensive linemen. They typically carry 10, I believe, so I'm at least going to carry nine. I'm going to add Caleb Jones onto that roster, okay? So Caleb Jones makes the team. At the edge defender room, we only, we've only got four with my initial 48 here. So I'm going to add Brenton Cox Jr. and Justin Hollins onto that. Justin Hollins mainly because of his special teams, and I think Brenton Cox Jr., He's shown enough in preseason that if he does get cut, I think Bill Huber had him going on to the practice squad, but I think someone will probably try to pick him up. I think he's shown enough. I really do. Um, and then at cornerback, I've only had him keeping five corners, and I look at it and go, okay, you know, your, your nickelback, right, your slot your slot corner is Keyshawn Nixon, and you've got Carrington Valentine kind of battling him for that spot. Well, the backup corner was Enos Gaines. Now, Enos Gaines played horrible. Uh, this this last preseason game. However, I think just the experience he has playing in that nickel spot uh, with Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur, I think they'll keep him, okay? So just to kind of sum that up, I went from 48 and added four more players to get me to 52, adding Caleb Jones, offensive lineman, two edge defenders, Brenton Cox Jr. and Justin Hollins, and cornerback uh, Enos Gaines. Now, it comes down to the final roster spot, right? And a lot of the names that were mentioned in the chat just now are on this little list here I've got, okay? So we need one more player. And that final spot, to me, it's a battle between halfback Patrick Taylor, wide receiver Grant DeBose, halfback Lou Nichols, which is injured right now. I kind of, I'm kind of getting the vibe that they may take Lou Nichols and do some kind of IR thing. So they, you know, they keep that four-year contract intact. So he's got three year left. Maybe they throw him on IR and say, hey, you're done for the year. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I really wouldn't. Um, Defensive tackle or nose tackle, I should say, Jonathan Ford. Linebacker, Tariq Carpenter. Cornerback, Shamar John Charles. Cornerback, DeAndre Thomas. Safety, Benny Sapp. And offensive lineman, Royce Newman. Now, let's look at the PFF grades. I'm going to go ahead and X a couple people out because their PFF grades were absolute hot garbage, okay? Patrick Taylor, I'm going to X out of this equation. His First of all, his, his offensive grade was a 59.0, okay? And again, we talked about I think he's going to be able to be stashed on the practice squad. I don't think anyone in the NFL will put him on their active 53. <clears throat> Let's see. Lou Nichols, of course, the injury concern. I don't have him making the team. Defensive tackle, Jonathan Ford. I've got an X through him. PFF grade was 59. His special teams grade was a 53.8. Linebacker, Tariq Carpenter, PFF grade 36.7. Special teams, 47.2. Uh, Shamar John Charles, 38.7 PFF grade with a 58.2 special teams grade. So those guys are X out of the equation. That leaves us with Grant DuBose, cornerback Keandre Thomas, uh, safety Benny Sapp, offensive lineman Royce Newman. Grant DuBose's PFF grade was a 61.0. His uh, special team's PFF grade was a 54.8, so even worse. You've got Keandre Thomas with a 64.2 and then a special team's grade of 71.3, not horrible. And then Royce Newman, a PFF grade of 61.2, but a special team's grade dipped down to a 52.4. That leaves the guy that I think could possibly make the final 53 uh, man roster, you know, that final spot is Benny Sapp. His PFF grade is a 67.5 defensively and his special teams grade 82.0. So, you know, when you're talking about filling out those that that last little part of the the 53 man roster, you've got to have guys that can contribute on special teams. And to me, he's shown that this preseason. So is there anything else you want to cover as far as the 53 man roster, Jacob? Anything that, that came to mind or? or uh, anything we might have left out? Um, I guess maybe we should have maybe talked about who we think is going to get released and kept on the practice squad a little more. Do you guys think that we keep Magoo? And by the way, again, the, the chat is going off. I keep I, I have to stop reading it because now we're talking about how Cox needs to play running back three. Cox needs to play safety. Cox needs to play. <laughs> so anyway, what is it? Texas Badger or something. He's like, uh, can Cox punt and hold? <laughs> All this, all this chaos is going off, and David in the chat is just like, "Hey guys, smash that like button!" Come on, <laughs> I love it. I got the responsible one in the group here. Um, yeah, so as far as practice squad, I really don't put a whole lot of thought into it, to be honest with you. But the Magoo thing, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to be Magoo 
on the practice squad at quarterback. I don't think anybody will will put him on their active roster. There's no reason to, simply because he's going to have to learn a, a whole new system if they do that, right? Um, but Tim, what do you think, man? Is there any anybody that you think would be a slam dunk for the practice squad that you think that would be valuable on the practice squad? Does anybody come to mind there? Uh, Keandre Thomas, if he's uh, if he ultimately doesn't end up. Uh, maybe snake in that spot. Um, I just okay. think, you know, you went over the grades there too, that the 71.3 special teams grade is, uh, you know, not awesome, but it's something to raise your eyebrow at and it's something else he's bringing to the table. And uh, I thought he looked good out there this preseason a little bit that we got to see him. So that would be my, uh, my guy. Got it. Jacob. Say that again. Sorry. I'm, looking at the uh <laughs> i said is there any you you mentioned you want to talk about the practice squad what kind of comes to mind do you have your practice squad filled out or is there maybe a handful of players you, you would like to see them stash i would think that i think jadicus bonds is going to be on there i think that i think bo melton's going to make it um i want to say that maybe God, like I, I would like to see if, if <laughs> I gotta stop reading the chat. Um, I think that like you talked about doing something with Lou Nichols. I think that if if Patrick Taylor, if we could stash him, I'd like to see that. Um, Benny Sapp Jr. If he doesn't make the team, I want him on this on this practice squad. Keandre, same thing. And um, I'd maybe say, oh uh, gosh, fifty one Banks. Is it Keyshawn Banks? Yes. Yeah. That's I, another I'm, one. Another one like what I'm seeing from him. And it's just like, you know, he's so far down on the, on the depth chart that it's like, you know, I don't know how you rise up from that. But every time I see him, I'm just like, dude, it's, he's in there. And he looks like it's not – the game's not too fast for him. And I think he's a relatively younger guy. Was he UDFA? I'm not sure. But I'd like to see him maybe make the team. that, Like we talked about, that inside linebacker group, with four, it seems like it's so solidified and so concrete. But we lose one of those guys. And God forbid it's one of either Quay or Devondre that whole middle of the field starts being a very big problem for this defense. So, um, definitely. So I'll just run through Bill Huber's practice squad projection. Okay. He's got, um, Alex Magoo quarterback on the practice squad. He's got two running backs going on the practice squad, both Patrick Taylor and Emmanuel Wilson. He has a no fullbacks going on the practice squad wide receiver. He's got Jada kiss bonds and deuce Watts on the practice squad. Tied ends. He's got Austin Allen going to the practice squad again. He's just predicting that they're going to keep Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and then they will sign the best available free agent tied in after that. Um, offensive line, he's got three going on the practice squad. He's got Telford. He's got MP that you mentioned, Jacob, um, and Cole Schneider. And then let's see here. Defensive line, practice squad, Chris Slayton. Uh, practice squad outside linebackers. He's got Brenton Cox and Keyshawn Banks both on the practice squad. Okay. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, again, I don't know if Brenton Cox will make it to the practice squad. If you could tell me, oh, yeah, there's no no worries, Clayton. He'll make it to the practice squad. Then I'm cool with them stashing him there, right? Because I don't think it's going to be something he's going to make an immediate impact this year. I just kind of feel like some teams have seen enough. And he was so highly recruited coming out of high school. And he's kind of proven he can keep his nose clean at least through one training camp in the preseason that I think that, that some people would find some value in that for sure, especially one of these rosters where they're not really competing for a playoff spot this year. Inside linebacker, <clears throat> none is what he's got listed for the practice squad. Um, obviously, he's got Eric Stokes going on the puff in the cornerback room practice squad. He's got William Hooper and Enos Gaines. Um, that might be a good practice squad stash, putting Enos Gaines on the practice squad. Yeah. Uh, practice squad at safety, he's got Benny Sapp. And then specialist, he's got Daniel Whelan, which he swung and missed on that one. So. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how Bill Huber sees it. What's the, what's going on in the chat? I heard you over here giggling, Jason. <laughs> Just Eric. Nothing we can read is what sucks. You guys, Eric like John. <laughs> we can't read, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Jacob. I I'm just, I'm sitting here over here. Please don't do this to me, man. Come on, man. Uh, don't no, read I'm Eric's chat. <laughs> Cover the kids' eyes. Right, oh boy. No, it is it is cool, man, because think about this. I remember last year when we were around this time, we were talking about guys that that had to make the team because there were guys that were so – and I don't mean to sound rude when I say this, but it's like Lazard, um, just very old Dean Lowry, you know, type guys. Just guys where it's like, yeah, they're going to make the team because they have to make the team because we don't have any other young 
guy that we have underneath that, that we've given any sort of attention to that's got any sort of reps. So we have to go with the true and the tried and true guys, right? So this year, though, it is just awesome how, like the Leo DiCaprio meme said, it's like, you're under 25 or we don't need you anymore, dude. Pat O'Donnell was the oldest. Here I come. <laughs> we upgraded for a much younger Irishman. So yeah, top of the morning. To you. Hey, he not only rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see what Whelan does. I really am, Tim. He's got oh, a he's got a cannon for a leg, does he not, man? Go ahead, Jake. Oh yeah, I mean, I I was you could hear him putting the foot on the ball in Lambeau on Saturday. It was great. At least I mean, we were like think row six or seven, yeah, row six. But I mean, you can hear it. I mean, he is snapping and blasting those those punts. So, um, I you know I think time will tell. But I don't I don't feel bad about about the move. And obviously, we wish uh, Mister O'Donnell the best wishes of Irish luck as he moves forward. But uh, I think Whelan's going to do a good job for us. That, that reminded me of what I was going to say um, earlier in the episode. It was about how big, you guys remember Big Mac? He came on, did some breakdowns for us on the, on the channel here. He released after Whelan was officially named the starter and they cut O'Donnell. He had a clip, every single punt that Whelan made in preseason. And you can see like, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Tim. You were talking about this, that he has a good leg, but he wasn't positionally as great as O'Donnell. Watch that reel, dude. It's actually pretty good. And I think the biggest thing with him is his hang time. His hang time is really, really good. Even for like, we're punting at the 40, you know, he can make that ball hang up like four seconds, punting it from the 50 to like the 17 or whatever it was. He had a few that looked like they've they got a better bouncer. If we had a couple better gunners on the, on the outside, that they would have been an easy inside the five down kind of situation so like we talked about it just to me i'm a cheap cheap guy dude i will buy like eight things at walmart for the same price i could buy it like a different you know a high quality product but i'm like but i got eight of them and maybe one maybe one just lasts longer than the product i would have bought you know so i'm looking at well, like, you are gonna love our safety room <laughs> <laughs> yes you are dollar store unbelievable <laughs> Larry in the chat said we need to roster Brenton Cox to develop for the future um, after Preston Smith. You know, Preston Smith's an interesting take, Larry, because um, you just don't know what's going to happen with him, man. The way his contract kind of lays out, he's he's really he's kind of on the chopping block next year, and and you know definitely the year after that with Lucas Van Ness possibly jumping into that opposite side edge edge the uh, defender spot from Rashawn Gary. And then you talk about the depth you have with Kingsley and Igbari. I mean, Preston Smith's definitely dispensable. And it sucks because I like Preston Smith, and I think he's played well for us. And he's he's one of those guys that you want on your team. He's kind of a team leader, and he's a team player. And you can tell his teammates love him. And he's willing to get dirty. He's willing to set the edge against the run. But, man, it's it's it, the other thing, too, though, is there is value with depth, right? There really is um, because it is a premier position. Edge defender is – in my opinion, it's the it's the most important position, at least tied for the most important position. I still think that interior uh, three tech, three to one tech on the interior defensive line is kind of where the NFL is going. It's becoming that new edge defender as far as importance, but you still can't have too many great edge defenders, that's for sure. So um, we're at the 55-minute mark as we get ready to wrap this thing up. Jacob, anything else you want to cover, Bo? I mean, honestly, no, I'm just more excited now. And I'm just, uh, we're in this now weird tweener spot. What is it? September 10th. Like we almost got freaking two weeks again, dude. I don't want to do this. What are we going to talk <laughs> about? I mean, tomorrow we're going to have stuff to talk about and maybe Wednesday, but after that, it's like, let's go. I mean, I'm just excited yeah. after tomorrow though. It will be a nice indication as to what jerseys we can buy. If you're so inclined, we know yep. we're going to be solidified. Uh, if you guys are into your fantasy football at all, I'm sure that this next week is going to be very heavy for y'all doing some drafts. If you want to take a look at what we're going to be doing on PFP, the Packernet Fantasy Podcast, we've got our OG, uh, just a PPR draft that's going on Wednesday night at 7, and then we have the Extreme, which is just, it's almost too much. We're, I'm sitting here, Carly's in it, who called in before. Justin's in it, Paul's in it, Tony's in it, my brother's in it. Uh, we got a couple of random people that showed up from the <clears throat> from the listeners. And it's going to be really fun because it is it is almost too much. But the, the fun thing about it is we're going to get to talk about football. We're going to really highlight the Packers and the NFC North 
primarily and then kind of bleed into more like NFL news and notes and that kind of thing. Talk about highlights. It's going to be fun. We have a lot of content coming up for you guys on all the different shows on this network. So if you like what you see on YouTube, it doesn't end right here. You guys can click the link and you can subscribe to a podcast version or you could, you know, subscribe to the, the YouTube channel. And you guys are going to start seeing a ridiculous amount of content, not just from us, but we're going to do it. Clayton, are we doing this every day? Doing what every day? A show? This. Yeah. Why not, dude? Why not? Hey, I'm I'm kind of feeling it, man. I, I've been enjoying it, and the interaction we've got has been great. It's always going to be fan-driven. It's always going to be listener-driven. If we got to the point where I felt like, okay, this this is too much content and people don't want to listen or watch, then I would back off. But, man, I'm having a blast just chatting with everybody. I think it's I think it's been great, and there's still plenty to dig into. You know, one thing I'm going to do, Jacob, and uh, he mentioned the Packernet podcast, guys. If you look in the upper right corner of the stream, um, you can scan that QR code that sends you directly to Packernet Podcast. If you you know found this uh, through YouTube and you're like, you know, I've never heard of Packernet, scan that and check out our podcast as you're on the go. Really, really good content there from Ryan Schlipp and the gang. Uh, it, I mean, there's multiple, multiple Packers podcasts every single day, which is really cool. Um, one thing I would like to do, the, the plan, the goal is – Maybe sometime here within the next seven to ten days, since we've got a long wait before there's Packer football again, I want to do a watch party for an old Packers game, okay? And I'd love some ideas. You guys hit me up on Twitter, at Packers underscore access. And maybe I'll put a poll out there on, on Twitter, and we'll say, okay, which would be the best game? i got to contact YouTube and see what the rules are about us broadcasting it. What I would like to do is share it right here on my screen where everyone can go to the live stream. You'll be able to see me, Tim, and Jacob right here on the stream. We can all kind of talk about the game that's playing on the screen at the same time. Um, hopefully, YouTube will allow that to happen. I think that would be really cool. Something else I'm going to do, I've been getting excellent feedback from the Chalk Talk segments. Everybody loves those. I thought it'd be really cool. You see back here on the wall are some of the most historic plays in Packers history, right? And what I did was kind of drew the play out on, on the chalkboard wall back there, right? And I've got a picture, like you see the ISPO pick right up there, right? Right above the Watson jersey. And above it, it's just a diagram, which is really simple. It was a wedge play quarterback sneak to win the ISPO, right? The one on the left with all the crazy diagram is the old Lombardi suite. The one next to it is a play they used out of the old uh, out of the OT formation with Curly Lambeau, Mike Michalski, and the gang way back in the day. The next one is the uh, the audible that Brett Favre made in the Super Bowl, and you can see him running off the field with his with his helmet in his hands when he hit Andre Risen when they checked at the line. To, I think I can't remember what it was. It was Razor was the name of the play, I believe. The next play is a Don Hudson play that they used under Curly Lambeau. It was a staple of that offense. And then the play in the far right corner is, of course, the Clay Matthews, it is time play where he forced the fumble in the Super Bowl. So plays like that, what I would like to do is put together a chalk talk segment and break down some of the most important plays in the history of Packers. I think that'd be really cool. So we're going to get creative this week and try to bring you guys some good content. But again, Jacob, I think we'll have plenty to talk about, man. We'll make it work. Well, maybe, you know, one thing we haven't done, we can look ahead at the schedule and kind of start scouting the upcoming opponents. Oh, yeah, that's we can good. Do that too. So maybe treat it just like the team does, do a four-game saturation and go, okay, our first four opponents of the year, let's kind of scout them out and really focus heavily on the Chicago Bears and the changes they've made. So I think that would be cool. Um, yeah. All right, Tim, you got anything else, buddy? Uh, just really quick before we get out of here, I wanted to touch on uh, too old for this in the chat. Um talking about uh, Kenneth uh, Odomegwu um, staying on the team. Now, it's my understanding that part of the, the international program is that he's guaranteed a, a practice squad spot, right? Is that correct? Yep. Yes. Yep, okay, now, does that count against our 16, or is he like is he the 16th or 17th? No, every, every team has an extra spot that doesn't count toward the 16 is the way I understand it. So he he has his own practice squad spot. Nobody can poach him. Well, I guess they could poach him to an active roster, but that's not going to happen, obviously, because these right. guys are so raw. But, yeah, he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he, he will be on the practice squad all year long. So that's good. So he's going to get a, a full season to develop, and then we can see what he looks like uh, next year at camp. Uh, Stand-up dude, by the way. Uh, Kenneth is a really good guy. Met him on several occasions at camp. Uh, always takes time to sign autographs for the kids. And uh, 
you can tell he's very grateful to be here and he is learning, you know, he's, he's grasping this game. Um, he's got a long way to go, but, uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on him and watch his development. So excited for that. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, let me ask you this as we get ready to go, I'm going to ask both of you this question. I'll start with you, Tim, as Jacob's over at giggling, he's got something going on evidently. So if we were to do a classic game and I don't want you to put a whole lot of thought into it, because I feel like when you ask a question like this, like what is the classic game you would want to see the most, right? Oh, if we did a watch party, what's the first thing that comes to mind, Tim? Oh, the instant replay game, probably. Um, Magic Man at County Stadium with uh, with Sterling Sharp. I don't know. It's actually the uh, – I believe that was a County Stadium game. It might have been a Lambeau Field game, um, one That's of the two. That's a deep so cut. You're talking, about, you're talking about Dom Mikowski? Yes. That yes. was the first time – guys, the first time in NFL history replay changed the outcome of a game. Um, I want to really? say 1989. Wow. 90 something around there. Okay. Um, so I'm going to put replay game. I think I know what you're talking about. I remember seeing a highlight or something in a documentary. I'll just put Mikowski. I know um, mine for sure. All right. What's yours, Jacob? Favre's Raiders game when he lost his dad. Oh, that was 2003, right? I think yeah. so. I when just watched that the other day. I'm terrible. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Balls out of the eye. It's just that was. It was just – I remember watching that game and having constant goosebumps the whole time and just being like – It was unbelievable, man. Watching that game is like seeing the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it, it seriously, that was – I watched it live with my brother in Knoxville, Tennessee. That was the first year I became a Packers fan, too. I had just become a Packers fan. I, I didn't follow pro football much. Um, pulled for the Steelers in the 90s because my brother was a big Steelers fan and then was just fell in love with the Green Bay Packers. But, yeah, that's uh, – that's good stuff. The one that comes – there's two that come to mind for me instantaneously is the Ice Bowl and then the other one, of course, um, Brett Favre coming in and playing for the very first time. Um, that's so fun to go back and watch. It's at Lambeau Field. It's a comeback win. Um, it was just – he looked like – he just ran around that stadium like a chicken with his head cut off, man. Like, <laughs> he had no clue what he was doing and then put together – some of the best throws on that final drive to hit Kendrick Taylor for the touchdown and the rest is history. So that would probably be mine for sure. So I think my honorable fun. mention would be uh, that he did what Monday night football, the infamous uh, Antonio yeah. Freeman play. He a did. good one too. <laughs> yeah. God, that was good too, man. Good. In the rain, right? At Lambeau field. Yep. Yep. All right, we're going to get out of here. I want to say thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys are absolutely awesome. Again, I usually don't enjoy doing 53-man roster talks, but this was a lot of fun. Appreciate everybody contributing in the chat. And thanks for getting uh, getting the chat out of control. We appreciate that, man. It always makes <laughs> makes for a good show. I know people can't see it. Um, you know, not everybody could see it or hear it because we're not reading it, but you guys, uh, you always provide the entertainment for sure. So, And uh, just one more thing to remember as final cutdowns happen with the Jets roster, guys, we want them to be good enough that Aaron Rodgers, it makes sense for him to start 65% of the snaps, and then we, we want go. them to fall flat on their face, okay? But, again, it's all about 65%. Don't you ever forget it. We're out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the – it's a lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle, take the defensive end if he's over, if he's not, you drive down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him, take the first man outside the offense. Exactly. No one shows, you're right by them and feel this side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. Look at this play, we'll be trying to get him to see you here.